Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm NCIA's Deputy Director of Communications, bringing you a new episode every week. And this week, I have a couple members from a couple of NCIA's committees. Uh, From our retail committee, we have Alex Lipnick, who's the head of strategic partnerships at AeroPay, which is a digital payments platform for the cannabis industry. And in his role, he works with ancillary technology companies, including delivery, e-commerce, and point-of-sale providers uh, to create seamless payment experiences for cannabis businesses and consumers alike. And as I mentioned, he does serve on NCIA's retail committee. From our banking committee, we have Peter Sue with Green Check Verified. So that's our banking and financial services committee. And he's the chair for that uh, similar committee in the New York City Cannabis Industry Association. He's also a certified cannabis banking professional, a CCBP, as well as a certified commercial cannabis expert, a CCCE. I didn't know about those acronyms, <laughs> but welcome both of you to the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Um, so, Alex, let's start by getting to know you a little bit better and your background and experience before getting involved in this cannabis world. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, thanks again for having me. Um, big, big fan of the NCIA and, and as you mentioned, a, a member of the NCIA Retail Committee. My entire background um, for the ent- entirety of my career has been in sales and marketing. Um, the majority of that spent in early stage and high growth tech startups. Um, and so this is uh, kind of, and we'll, I'm sure we'll dive into this a little bit more. Um, my cur- current role is kind of meshing the cannabis industry with my, my background um, in the tech world. Absolutely. It's almost, I mean, it is one of the reasons I like to ask this question of our guests because, you know, some of us have been in cannabis for a few years, but it is super interesting to hear what we all did before, before getting involved in the deep end here. How about you, Peter? What's, what's your background look like before moving into this cannabis banking world? Uh, Sure. Uh, So I've always been in banking. Uh, This is my 23rd year in banking. Um, I've worked at big banks, smaller banks, uh, HSBC, Signature Bank, uh, East West. And I've actually just started here at uh, Green Check Verified. So, um, you know, my career spanned mostly in banking and with the last maybe two, three years or so specific to cannabis banking. Got it. Good to know. So the next question, of course, for both of you is how you ended up in this cannabis space. Both of you are from pretty uh, secure and stable industries prior to getting involved here. So what's the 
story about moving into this still federally illegal uh, movement and industry, Alex? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I've been at Aeropay since the very early days, almost since the very beginning. Um, and one of the things that we've always done at Aeropay is try to identify um, verticals and industries where our platform can provide the most benefit. And what you'll see, uh, and I'm sure you're familiar with, in the cannabis world is historically, uh, and even still today, cannabis businesses are both unserved and underserved by um, traditional financial services companies. And so we saw um, heavy cash reliance in the cannabis industry um, and a lack of access to financial services for cannabis businesses. And we felt that our platform was actually a really good fit um, for the industry. And so we worked with uh, partners on both the banking and the compliance side um, to ensure that you know we could service this space properly. Um, and that's how we, you know, got into the cannabis industry. And, you know, I kind of, Aeropay comes from the non-cannabis world and still services the non-cannabis world. Um, and so my entry uh, is, I don't want to say unique, um, but definitely a lot different than many folks in the cannabis space in the sense that um, it kind of came along with my current role um, and my current company. You know, on the personal side, I have seen uh, friends and family members who have uh, seen positive impacts and benefits from cannabis on both a, a mental and physical health standpoint. Um, but I, and I, and I wish that, you know, I could say that that was the driving force, but, but really it was, you know, at Aeropay myself and, and my, and my colleagues, we saw the need in the space and, and we uh, have been servicing the space for about two years now. That's awesome. Great. So yeah, it sounds like you didn't have any personal qualms about it. Sounds like it would, I would probably be really excited if I worked for a non-cannabis company and, and they one Monday morning are like, Hey, Hey team. So um, we're going to get involved in cannabis. Like, yes. <laughs> How exciting, yeah, and I, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, you know, I wish, I wish I could say it was, it was as exciting as one Monday morning. Um, but, and I'm sure Peter will um, be able to speak to this throughout, but you know, there's a lot of uh, nuance and especially on the financial services side, there's a lot that goes into properly servicing this space. And mm -hmm. so there was quite a bit of legwork that went into it. Um, and we take a compliance first approach to everything that we do. And so um, there was more than just kind of the snap of a finger, um, but it has been a really, really awesome journey um, servicing this space. Excellent, excellent. Get cool to hear. And how about you, Peter? Uh, how and why did you decide to take your banking background and move it into assisting the cannabis industry? <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, I, I, I wish I had a better, more personalized story, but the truth is it kind of just happened. Um, I was working for a bank, um, doing well, I believe. And, um, you know, I, I, I saw that the people that I knew that were doing you know, really well, <laughs> um, they tended to specialize in something. And so, um, you know, I, I basically cast about looking for something that I could specialize in. Um, and I knew at the time that uh, Bridgehampton National Bank was, was investigating the idea of starting cannabis banking. And I thought, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So um, I went, I, I basically applied for the job and they, you know, um, I, I didn't know that they were looking for our person to run it. I, I just figured I'd be part of the program. Um, but I went over there and, you know, they, they've, they've recognized the talent, right? 
Um, so they, they asked me to spearhead it and that, that's kind of how it happened. Awesome, what a great opportunity, definitely. So um, today in 2021, almost the end of the year here, uh, you're both actively um, in this industry from your respective backgrounds and really stepping up and serving on NCIS committees, the retail committee and banking and financial services. So what's, what's your work like these days? Uh, and you know, what are you looking forward to? Let's start with you, Alex. Yeah, I can jump in there. Um, you know, I guess just to, to touch on the, the last point you mentioned there, really looking forward to continuing to grow with the industry. Um, in my role uh, as the head of strategic partnerships at Aeropay, I get to work with a lot of other um, ancillary companies uh, in the space. So delivery companies, e-commerce companies, point of sale providers, um, and even some uh, retailers as well, MSOs and single state operators. And so Continuing to grow with the industry, I, I, I always say that cannabis is kind of uh, a startup and, and Aeropay in a lot of ways is a startup. So being kind of a, a startup company within a startup environment, it is very exciting. Um, and in my day to day, <laughs> in my day to day, you know, I'm, I'm working to um, give cannabis retailers the ability to accept forms of payment, uh, specifically digital that are, you know, cashless. I, th I think cash, um, and I'm sure we'll get into this as the conversation, you know, develops here, but cash does pose a lot of challenges and risks um, to cannabis retailers. And so, um, you know, being able to actually see day to day the impact that that Aeropay is having, um, not just kind of on a, an industry wide level, but but to those specific retailers um, is really a rewarding experience. Wonderful, wonderful. And and as for you, Peter, what's what are you most focused on these days? Oh, sure. So I just joined uh, GreenCheck Verify, which is the largest uh, compliance software provider in the cannabis banking space. So essentially, our clients are the FIs that are banking cannabis. Um, so your typical bank that steps forward and says, hey, you know, we'd be interested in this. Uh, the next question that passes their mind might be, what do we do? <laughs> um, mm. And there's a, num there's a number of uh, vendors out there. Um, you know, we do have other competitors. Uh, again, I want to say we're the best, of course. Um, and it might seem like a weird fit, me le leaving the banking world, joining more of a consultancy. Uh, but, um, you know, I feel like I've put a lot of time and effort into being known as a cannabis banking expert. And I see uh, someone like Green Check Verify, who is, you know, the top name when a bank is thinking about cannabis banking. And I just thought it was the perfect fit. So what I do is, mm -hmm. is just that, to help them grow that portfolio, get more FIs, get more uh, cannabis businesses onto these platforms so that they're compliantly banked uh, onto uh, a vendor, someone like Aeropay, for example, is a perfect sort of partnership for us. Mm. Um, and that's, that's what I do. That's awesome. All right. Thanks, both of you guys. Let's take our first commercial break and come back and take a deeper dive into this banking and retail world. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. And I'm chatting with a couple NCIA members who are also serving on a couple 
of our committees, including the Retail Committee and the Banking and Financial Services Committee. We have Alex Lipnick from AeroPay and Peter Sue from Green Check Verified. So let's dive right in and start talking about our favorite piece of federal legislation that just keeps coming up over and over again, the Safe Banking Act, uh, which has passed in the US House a handful of times, but it always gets stuck in the Senate. Cannabis businesses, as, as we've hinted at strongly, um, are still struggling with cash-heavy retail operations. And of course, NCIA in the past has pointed to how having so much cash floating around is actually a public safety issue. Um, you know, cash attracts criminals with nefarious intentions. Is that right, Alex? You know, um... To the last point, you know, uh, I won't speak specifically to that, but cash does, as you've mentioned, cause a ton of issues uh, in the cannabis industry. And I think what's really important to understand is that it, it's, it's all the way through from a customer having the kind of painstaking task of having to go get cash or take out cash at an ATM to the bud tenders at the retail locations actually having to accept the cash and make change. Um, so there's a lot of different ways in that kind of handoff in which uh, cash can get lost or miscounted. Um, then the, the cannabis retailer actually needs to store that cash. Um, and I think a lot of people uh, who operate in traditional industries don't understand kind of the problems and the challenges and the costs that come with actually managing large sums of cash. And then that has to get um, taken to the bank, um, which Peter is, is all too familiar with. And then ultimately, you know, there's, there's tax collection as well, which a lot of it is happening in cash. So cash is not just hurting the retailer. It's actually hurting the entire industry from the time the customer walks into that retail store, maybe even before that, all the way through tax collection from the government agency. So ridding the industry of, of a lot of the cash that's there is actually going to be a huge benefit to the industry across the board. Um, and just to speak you know, quickly to the Safe Banking Act, um, and again, I'll defer to, to Peter on this because he, he's much more of an expert, but there are already banks and credit unions, um, so FIs like uh, Peter spoke about, across the United States that are servicing the cannabis industry. And so what I think safe banking is really going to do, should it ever pass in the Senate, um, which, you know, I don't have any insights there into whether or not it will. Uh, I think it's just going to normalize and legitimize what's already happening. Um, and so it may, you know, give the benefit of, of someone having a bank a little bit closer to them, um, right? Because there's not so many banks and credit unions that are doing it. Um, but it's already happening, happening out there. And I think that's something that gets lost oftentimes in this conversation around safe banking is there are banks and credit unions banking the space today. There are mm -hmm. cannabis businesses and retailers who already have access to, to cannabis banks. Um, and so it, it's kind of, I think really the safe banking act is, 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 is a, huge PR move and it'll help open up um, more banks to wanting to service the space. But that doesn't mean that it's not already happening today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, thinking back like 25 years ago when I worked for a shoe store and had to drop the cash at the bank the end of the night, it was just the, the closest bank, honestly, right? But if you're cannabis, maybe, maybe the closest bank to you that services is five miles away. And that's, you know, 
I'd be a little nervous driving that much cash that far. So Peter, what are your insights about um, how we're kicking off the conversation here with the Safe Banking Act and this, this cash problem? You know, I think there's a lot to unpack here, right? So uh, first on the cash topic, uh, to, to Alex's point, you know, anything that's cash intensive, cannabis or otherwise, uh, are not industries that you traditionally see uh, a, a lot of banks participating in. So, and, and these are perfectly, you know, legal, uh, uh, check cashers, for example, uh, gaming, um, again, perfectly legal uh, enterprises, but a lot of banks won't do it. And it's simply because of the cash. Um, so, you know, not, not to overstate the, the issue here, but cash is a huge problem. Now, the second place would be safe banking. Now, does that solve the cash problem? I mean, I guess that, that remains to be seen based on the language of it. Uh, I'm not 100% sure because um, the cash problem exists because of the lack of credit cards. Um, so, you know, will, will safe banking solve that problem? That's the question. Um, and when it does, that's really going to be the sea change, right? Because to Alex's point, this idea that like cannabis banking isn't available um, is a little bit of a myth, right? Because there's plenty of banking available. The question that remains today is really a question of capacity, uh, capability, and costs. Um, you know, capacity in the sense that uh, uh, there's just not that many banks, right? Based on FinCEN guidelines, um, there's something like 700 FIs. That, that's what FinCEN estimates, um, which most people think is, is too high of an estimate. But, but, but let's just say that's true. That's less than 10% of the banks in America, right? Um, so certainly upping that number, even, even by just double would make a huge difference um, in terms of everything else, in terms of capability, in terms of costs. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, it's not that banking isn't available. Uh, it's that it's very costly right now. And, and in some cases, because it's predominantly uh, smaller FIs that are in space, uh, it, in some cases, the, the capability is not great. Mm -hmm. um, so again, some of the vendors like an Arrow Pay, uh, like a Green Check Verified, I mean, these are the vendors that are out there that, that can, um, based on current existing regulations, we're, we're really making a difference in, in helping move that forward. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of the, the scenario that we've we've been dealing with for, for many years now. And let's let's just get a little bit further into the nuances of safe banking. And, you know, I'm curious if you have any thoughts of how it actually would Im impact cannabis companies. I mean, specifically the retailers dealing with these customer transactions, handling cash every day. If the Safe Banking Act were to pass and get signed into law by President Biden in the whole nine yards like tomorrow, you know, what would that mean for cannabis retailers? Can I start using my credit card there or what? Yeah. Alex, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think you know, as I mentioned before, um, it's going to normalize uh, banking, and, and and Peter touched on this, but I, I believe it's just under 700 um, financial institutions today um, through the FinCEN report. They're saying are are banking the space. Um, just to, to to kind of piggyback on what Peter said, um, a lot of people believe that number is actually a lot lower than that um, because those numbers are actually being pulled in 
based on the number of suspicious activity reports, otherwise known as SARS, that are being mm -hmm. reported. Um, and there's a bunch of different types of SARS, the marijuana limited, the marijuana priority, and the marijuana termination. And those termination SARS means that they found and terminated an account. Um, so I, I believe a, a, a decent percentage are actually those termination ones, which means they're probably finding an account that they didn't know was actually a cannabis account and terminating it. So they may not actually... Um, be choosing to bank uh, the cannabis space. That's why a lot of people believe it's a lot lower. But as more people have access to to banks and closer banks, which you touched on from the, the retail perspective, um, it will make transporting cash as the industry still stays, you know, somewhat cash heavy, um, a lot easier. And then, you know, and, and this is where, you know, companies like Aeropay come in is when you've got a bank and we require at Aeropay that you bank at a cannabis compliant bank and a bank that has a specific cannabis program before, among other things, before processing any payments with Aeropay. And so it will open up a whole slew of other financial services when cannabis uh, businesses have more readily accessible bank accounts. Um, that goes everything from payroll to payments like Aeropay um, to a ton of other stuff that 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 other providers are offering out there and so i think what it's really going to do is it's just going to make life a lot easier i don't believe um safe banking alone is going to open the doors for credit cards in the space most of the the credit card providers um, and, and traditional payments companies have kind of indicated that they won't enter the space until it's legal at a federal level and safe banking won't do that um, but it, it will make life a lot easier for these retailers and companies like Aeropay um, will be able to much more seamlessly service these companies, which we're already doing today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool. Let's uh, take our second commercial break here um, and, and finish up our chat. Uh, so we'll be right back to talk more with Alex and Peter. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. And we're really getting into the, the weeds here, haha, with a couple NCIA members about banking in cannabis, which we've just been kind of dealing with for years and years and years. 
as, yeah, Safe Banking Act, just not passing. We kind of talked about what that would mean if it does pass. But, you know, to your point earlier, there are some banks that are banking cannabis companies. The FinCEN Coal Memo, if we remember that, it basically said the Department of Justice won't go after those banks if they're filling out their SARS report. Is is that right, Peter? Let's start with you on that question. Sure, uh, sort of. Uh, so, so keep in mind the coal memo was rescinded, right? So, yep. Um, and the FinCEN guidelines were based on the coal memo. Um, some of the issues here is actually being created by the FinCEN guidelines because it was essentially a copy and paste uh, from the coal memo. Um, so what I mean by that is like, if you think about what a, uh, what the attorney general would say to, you know, state attorney generals in terms of their priorities, it's very different than what a bank might typically look at, obviously. Um, so as an example, if you were to look at the Fenton guidelines, you might see that it says in there, um, uh, make sure they don't sell to minors. Well, how the heck would the bank know that, right? <laughs> so, um, mm -hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, yes, there's, there's plenty of banks uh, banking cannabis. Um, I think you're seeing a couple of different things. You know, maybe people are, are, are unwilling to sort of play ball uh, uh, with their banks because it's, it's a lot of work. You got to fill out all these forms. You're paying more. Um, so we get a lot of these people that try to argue, well, I'm actually a management company. I actually do this, blah, blah, blah. I'm not really a cannabis company. Um, and if you see recently, this one some cases, uh, a business was charged with bank fraud for lying to their bank uh, about being a cannabis business. Um, That's a no interestingly no. enough, in, yeah, interestingly enough, in that case, the bank was not charged for banking cannabis. It was the that the business was charged for bank fraud. Mm. On the other side, though, on the other side, though, we have another very interesting case going through uh, courts right now, where the feds seized money uh, by a courier. So you know. Uh, uh, this, this is a licensed courier, picked up cash from a bank, was driving, got pulled over, and the cash has been seized. So, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, it, it's, a, it's very gray right now. It's an odd situation. But at the end of the day, the, the answer is yes, there's, there's plenty of banks available in, in the space. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Still, still not a perfect system out there, though. Um, Alex, what are your thoughts about that? You know, and, and I've, I've known Peter for some time, so he, uh, I think he hit it right on the head. And, and Peter's someone that, uh, as well as anyone who, who knows the cannabis banking world, um, would be able to, to answer that question. So, you know, I, I echo everything that he said. Um, and I think where it really comes down to is, is cannabis under the Controlled Substances Act um, at a federal level is, is deemed um, illegal. Uh, but states have started to legalize it, whether for medical, recreational, or both purposes um, at the state level. And so that's where some of these guidelines um, kind of have some gray area, is that they're trying to appease uh, the the federal prohibition of, of cannabis under the, the Controlled Substances Act and um, it being legal at the state level. And so you find a lot of of a balancing act here. Um, and I think really what all of these guidelines, um, whether it's the, you know, the Cole memo or, or otherwise, what they're really trying to do is say, we don't want any of these nefarious or bad actors um, getting involved. And, and we have no intention to make trouble or go after people who are running legal state level, legitimate cannabis businesses. 
Yeah, absolutely. Still lots of work to be done here, of course. Um, so this is a good time to talk about our Cannabis Business Summit and Expo coming up right around the corner here. And uh, the committees are coming together for a panel discussion about overcoming these hurdles in retail, including, including you know, some COVID-related impacts as well. So the name of that panel at the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo is called turning challenges into opportunities, lessons learned, yes, and still probably more challenges and opportunities and lessons to be learned in the future. So I, uh, if you haven't yet gotten your tickets to the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, that is taking place December 15th, 16th, and 17th in San Francisco. The website is CannabisBusinessSummit.com. And current NCIA members definitely get some cool discounts on their tickets. And depending on your membership level, you may be eligible for some free tickets as well. So we're really looking forward to safely gathering at the Moscone Center in San Francisco real soon here. And I'm, uh, will, will you both be there? Is, is, are you both planning to attend? I unfortunately will not be in attendance, um, but I've spoken to some fellow members on the, the retail committee who will be in attendance, and I think everybody um, is very much looking forward to that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, me too. Again, the website to grab your tickets to that event is CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Hey, we've run out of time. I really appreciate you both taking some time away from your work and your committee work to chat with me and just continue to break down this complicated ongoing banking issue within the cannabis industry. So I appreciate all your work on it as well. Um, before we go, where can people find out more about your company, Alex? Yeah. So if they want to find more about uh, AeroPay, they can go to AeroPay, A-E-R-O-P-A-Y.com. Um, and if anybody's interested in connecting with me personally, they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Alexander Lipnick on there, or shoot me an email at Alex. A-L-E-X at aeropay.com as well. Perfect. And Peter Sue, where can folks learn more about you and Green Check Verified? <laughs> uh, well, so Green Check Verified's website is uh, greencheckverified.com. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually pretty active on LinkedIn as far as banking, uh, uh, posting about cannabis banking. So please do look me up and, uh, you know, hit that, hit that like button. <laughs> <laughs> Smash that like button. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> cool. Thanks again to you both. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.